0: You're listening to Dr. Disinfo, a podcast exploring the intersection of society, technology, and security. Hello, and welcome to episode four of Dr. Disinfo. This is Dr. Jordan Plotnick, and today we'll be talking about cyber terrorism. Cyber attacks get a lot of airtime these days, and usually it's related to uh, criminals or nation states, but another area or another threat type that gets a lot of attention, especially in the media, is cyber terrorism. Now, cyber terrorism is, is an especially difficult concept to really nail down because it's often related to matters of jurisdiction between countries and you know what's actually prosecutable. But the term was first coined in the mid-80s by Barry Collin, who was a senior research fellow of the Institute for Security and Intelligence in California. Um, and at the time, he, he put forward a very simple definition, which was uh, defined to be the convergence of cybernetics and terrorism. Now, that left a lot of room for imagination, and so over the following decades, a huge amount of other definitions have come out, and, um, and the media usage of the term gets thrown around quite loosely. So I want to really delve into this topic a little bit deeper because you know terrorism really isn't as common as it's shown to be, and uh, it it actually holds a very specific meaning these days. So since the mid '80s, we've we've had a lot of research on it, and there's been a lot, a lot more consensus today about exactly what cyberterrorism is and its key tenets. And I actually published a paper in 2020 defining the term and I reviewed every single instance of a, um, a definition that's been published since the 80s and, and I've looked through all of the commonalities between every definition and tried to come up with an international definition um, which today happens to be my second most cited paper so I, I do enjoy the topic and and I'd like to share some of this in, a, in an approachable way because nobody really wants to go and read a long uh, wordy paper, <laughs> academic paper, especially if you're not an academic. Now, when looking at cyber terrorism from a, a high level, there are six components that necessarily make up a cyber terrorist incident. Um, there there's the actor, so the person who's actually carrying out the attack, there's the motive why they're doing it. Um, there's the intent, what what goal are they actually trying to achieve? Um, there's the means, which is how are they conducting this attack, by, by which means. Uh, the actual effect, which are the consequences that occur outside of cyberspace. And then finally, your sixth component is the target. So who's actually being targeted by this attack? Now when you look at it uh, in a definition sense, uh, today cyberterrorism is considered to be premeditated. Um, so a premeditated attack or a threat of an attack by non-state actors with the intent to use cyberspace to cause real-world consequences. And usually this is done to induce fear or to coerce civilian government or non-government targets in pursuit of the actor's social or ideological objective. Um, and some of these real-world consequences that can come out of cyber terrorism include physical consequences, psychosocial, political, economic, ecological, or really any other kind of effect that happens outside of cyberspace. The, there's kind of two main camps when it comes to cyber terrorism and understanding it. There's the camp that try to have a broad definition, and then there's the camp that try to have a really specific definition. There are issues with both of these, uh, primarily legal issues. If you take a, a broad perspective, uh, for example, our 1980s example that we had before, which kind of covers a lot the the problem with that is uh is that a lot of different types of attacks that may not actually be terroristic in nature by the traditional definition could be lumped into the into cyber terrorism so we've we've had, we've seen examples of this for example uh terrorist propaganda or uh or or materials like uh the inspire magazine which is a, a terrorist magazine uh, and it includes instructions for how to make bombs and things like that uh that kind of content which it's, it's ideological material that can be spread online. And uh, some people have considered that to be cyberterrorism, even though there's no impact per se, it's more about recruiting and just using digital tools and, and technology in, in order to recruit. However, on the, on the other side of the fence, you've got the highly specific definitions, which really try to nail down precisely what it is and the problem with those precise definitions is that it becomes very difficult to prosecute anyone under it and uh, in the end there are very few incidents at all that come under cyber terrorism even if it does have terroristic intent so the the easier way to consider it is by looking at these six components your actor your motive your intent the means the effect and the target because then you get to understand at a broad level what was the terrorist or the supposed terrorist actually trying to achieve um, and what did they achieve out of this attack uh, or what was the threat that they were going to achieve something out of the attack? Looking at all of the different definitions that have been posited, there, there are lots of different opinions and perspectives. But uh, the, the most common features of the definitions really fall under these six categories. And, and let, let's go step by step. I think that's probably the best way to, to really dissect this problem. So if we start with the actor, who's the actual cyber terrorist? Um, according to the definitions that are out there, there's there's a, a number of different people that could be considered a cyber terrorist actor. There's the non-state actors, so a non-government organization uh, or group. Um, there's a clandestine agent, which is, uh, you know, someone who's acting undercover. There's a sub-national group, which is similar to non-state, private individuals. And one definition even just said terrorist, which really doesn't help us. <laughs> So when you really break it down, um, there's there's really three attributes here that that are most commonly cited, and that's the non-state actor by far has the most uh, citations, and then second is terrorist, and then clandestine. In my definition, I've I've excluded the other options, and I've settled on just solely being a non-state actor. And the reason for that is um, the the idea of of having terrorist in the definition itself. Uh, You know, it might be a clever way to tie it back to a traditional terrorist definition framework. But the problem is that actually the definition of terrorism itself is also highly contestable. So it it doesn't actually help. It doesn't provide that much clarity around the definition. So I wrote that one off. And when it comes to clandestine, this is super broad. It could apply to anyone. (laughs) So again, it doesn't add any value to the definition. And this is why I focused on the non-state actor. And it's important that it's non-state because if it's a state-based threat, then you're not exactly a, a terrorist. You, you're a state actor and you're conducting acts of war. You may be able to sponsor non-state terrorist actors, but if you're carrying out terrorist-like activity as an actual state, then those would be more uh, like war crimes or, or some other prosecutable act that uh, applies to a state-based actor so it it is really important that it's a non-state and that's really the defining feature of the first tenet of cyber terrorism so your actor a cyber terrorist actor is a non-state actor the second attribute is the motive so when you look at motive there's a number of different words that come out in the definitions and among them the the most common were ideological social economic, and premeditated. Um, th- 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 actually, there was, there was more as well. So there are there actually seven different motives altogether that came out, which um, it also included religious and ideological, racial as well in there. Um, but you can you can have religious, political, and ideological uh, groups all falling under just the, the keyword ideological, because at the end of the day, whether you're religious or a political actor, you're pushing a certain ideology. Um, so that's why we, we're just looking at the ideological. And then social also includes racial elements. Um, So at the end, we we came down to the four elements um, which can be attributed to motive. Ideological, social, economic, and premeditated. Um, By far, ideological had the most representation in the definitions. So um, there were 20 different definitions that referred to an ideological motive. Um, 16 definitions referred to a social motive. Only one included economic. And then four others uh, had premeditated. The third aspect of cyber terrorism is the intent. Um, so what what is what are they actually intending to do? What are the goals of this supposed cyber terrorist? And When I looked at all the different definitions, there were five ones that stood out. Uh, there was in, to induce fear, which was mentioned four times. Um, coercion, or, or to coerce a change. Um, that was mentioned 10 times, uh, further objectives. So your intent is to further your objectives. That was mentioned twice. And then the final one that was mentioned was interference. In this definition, interference adds very little value because it's by no means unique to terrorism. Any kind of cyber actor would intend to interfere with the system in one way or another. Um, so that one can be thrown out. And then when it comes to furthering objectives, again, that's not really descriptive. Uh, anyone everywhere, wants to further their objectives. Um, so that can be thrown out. So really when it comes to the intent you're focusing on the ability to induce fear primarily and the ability to coerce um, or you know to change opinion to, or to coerce a government to make a certain decision. Uh, the fourth element of cyber terrorism is the means. So by what means do you conduct your attack? Now there are a whole bunch of different uh, different descriptors that came out in the definitions, everything from cyberspace to by computers, networks, borderless, illegal, unauthorized, cyber warfare, psychological operations, and an attack or a threat. Now, these are very broad and there's a lot of diversity in those definitions, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, the, the primary means of a cyber terrorist has to be by cyber means, uh, because that's the whole point is that you're conducting a terrorist campaign or a terrorist operation originating in cyberspace. So uh, really, if it, if it originates in a computer or a network or, or cyberspace itself, then that is a, a foundational piece of, of defining something as cyber terrorism. When it comes to the other definitions, uh, things like illegal or unauthorized, they do not make sense because that's very uh, geographically tied and you know every country has its own laws. Some countries, part of their laws is actually what we might consider terrorism, um, but it's, it's legal and it might be authorized. <laughs> so that doesn't help. The, really, the main thing is that if it originates in cyberspace, then it can be considered, well, it can't be considered cyberterrorism without the other elements, but that's a, a foundational feature of cyberterrorism. The fifth component is the effect. So what, what actual effect are you trying to have on society? The, by far the most common attribute was violence. So the effect of your cyber terrorist campaign is to induce violence. That was mentioned 19 times uh, across the definitions. Um, the second most common was to disrupt services and that was mentioned 13 times. And then the, the third most common was psychosocial or physical impact. And they were mentioned 11 times each. Um, so really when it comes down to um, you've got violence, you've got psychosocial impact, physical damage, uh, once was mentioned ecological damage and economic damage was mentioned four times as well as service disruption. So really the key element tying all of these features together is your ability to induce an effect outside of cyberspace, um, either in the human population itself, in the political system, um, causing some sort of damage to the environment or the economy. That's, that's the, the effect of a cyber terrorist attack. So if it doesn't cause that effect outside of cyberspace, then it, it can't be considered cyber terrorism. It might be some other attack. It might be online radicalization or something else. Now, the very final piece, the, the sixth element of cyber terrorism is the target. So, who's actually being targeted by these cyber terrorists? And that's really important to consider because, um, depending on who you're targeting, uh, it, it, it may be hacktivism rather than terrorism, or um, it, it may be some other thing. Um, so, really, the most important element of cyber terrorism is that you're targeting civilians. And this, was, this came out in the definitions as well. It was mentioned 16 times across the different definitions that civilians need to be the target of. And, and then one of the others was uh, government establishments. And there was also non-government establishments in there as well, um, among some other uh, things that were mentioned very few times such as critical infrastructure or data or cyber physical system. But really the, the key thing tying these things together is uh, the, the group that you're targeting. So it's a civilian group, it's a government establishment, or it's a non-government organization. Basically you're targeting a, a group of people with cyber terrorism. So all together uh, we've got the actor, the motive, the intent, the means, the effect, and the target. And all six of these need to have attributes that are, are based on, on these elements that I've just said. And I'll recap in a moment, but if it doesn't have each of these six elements, then by definition it cannot be considered cyber terrorism. Um, I'll, I'll get into why people might use this definition outside of its context in, in a moment as well. But firstly, let's let's just recap. I know that we went through a lot and it's probably especially hard to follow uh, without any diagrams in front of your face. So. Let me um, recap that. The the six elements of cyber terrorism are actor, which is focused on non-state, so your cyber terrorist has to be a non-state actor. Your motive, which has to be premeditated and ideological or social. Your intent, the intent of a cyber terrorist is to induce fear or to coerce. The means, which is the attack or a threat of attack originating in cyberspace. And then the effect which is a consequence that occurs outside of cyberspace as we've mentioned psychological social political etc and finally your target um, it needs to be civilian government or non-government um, so all of these things together uh, build this uh, understanding of what cyber terrorism is and the reason why this is so important is because uh, cyber terrorism as we've ta- as we've just mentioned the intent is to induce fear And what induces fear more than understanding that you've been subject to a cyber terrorist attack, the population will trust the government less if they've been subject to an attack by cyber terrorists. Um, Just a threat of an attack itself can cause fear. So when the media publish uh, about cyber terrorism and they use it outside of its context that in itself promotes fear. So you're kind of helping the cyber terrorist actor here with their intent um, just by using the word out of its context. And, you know, there very, very much is a reason to be scared of cyber attacks, you know, c- cyber attacks can can cripple a lot of critical technologies. But when it comes to cyber terrorism, it holds specific meaning, not just academically, but socially. When someone thinks of a terrorist, you think of terror and you think of bombings and you think of attacks on innocence and you think of kidnappings and, and, you know, like everything to do with terrorism is based around fear. And that's why they publish videos of, of beheadings and they publish photos um, of the damage that they cause and they live stream their actions. Um, you know, ISIS are particularly well known for the horrific videos and images that they would release of their victims. And all of this is intended to induce fear. And so, the second that you can induce that fear um, and, and you create this fear and this disorientation uh, outside of cyberspace. You've got a lot of power because you can sit behind your computer anywhere in the world and cause a direct physical or social or psychosocial impact in another country in another region and destabilize a community just based on this fear that you're able to induce into the population based on whatever type of attack you've you've curated. We've covered a lot of technical concepts in, in this conversation today, so I'll leave it there and give you some things to mull over (laughs) over the next day or so. But hopefully this has been insightful. I I think it's an important topic. You know, cyber terrorism is scary and it is possible, but it must be used In context so that we don't induce unnecessary fear given that that's the whole intent of terrorism we need to be careful about the fear that we induce and particularly the the ways in which people can become radicalized and motivated to uh, create violence or to instill and promote violence in the communities which they are physically active and on that note I'll leave you to it stay alert stay educated and Don't be spreading fear. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Dr. Disinfo. I hope this episode was informative and I'll see you next time.